It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Here we are, Thursday, 21st of December. We are winding down, winding down. Um, welcome to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with co-host Matt Sambolino. Hey, hey. How are you, sir? Doing great. Uh, and then we also have Joni Pelzer here. Hello, yeah, the Joan. other person. The other yeah, the person. Other, the other one. Where's Alex? Do we have so, Alex? Somebody was bragging about you last night. Uh, I forget who it was. My mother. They said, no, no, no. Besides your parents, who look great, by the way. Um, oh, let's let let's let the plays like no one else. Yeah, your mother asked me about that last night. She said, "How do you deal with her?" I said, "Oh, you tell me." <laughs> Uh, I think Joni Pelzer was great. You um, were fantastic last night, and I'll have to give kudos to Marianne Bertuna. Yes. What a speech. Yes. I Off sa- the cuff. You know, realize I told her right there. and then. So last night was our holiday party. It was very well Matt attended. Matt and Alex were both with we, us. Yeah, we had the likes of uh, Frank from Staten Island there, which means a lot to us. We had a lot of likes there. M- Mr. Bitter blew us off. It broke my heart. But, you know, what can I tell you? But, um... Yes, I called up my, my bride, who's also our law partner, Marianne Bertuna, and she gave a great, great speech. Real quick, let me just tell you what's going on today. Um, I am, we're gonna have Chief, we're gonna have Chief Kemper, um, coming up right now, and he's actually on hold. And then we're gonna have, um, and then I'm gonna play the rest of the Alan Grubman, uh, interview, which is also, uh, the video of that is poking out, uh, poking around online, um, on a little, uh, video cast we have called These City Streets with Arthur Idala. I think people can find that on Instagram. And YouTube. And YouTube, as Joni just said. Please, please follow him. Um, And, um, you know, I guess the big news of the day that my phone was blowing up about was uh, Rudy Giuliani filing for bankruptcy today uh, in light of that $148 million ridiculous verdict. I mean, those women were not injured. But let's just say, you know, Rudy's 100% liable, $148 million. uh, What poll worker is worth $148 million or will be worth $148 million? I mean, it's a cartoon kind of number. But, you know, that's that's the headline in the news. And obviously, everybody is anxiously awaiting to see what happens with Colorado and uh, Trump getting thrown off the ballot. But last night, uh, people were speaking more about how much fun uh, our lives are and how lucky we are to be living here and not elsewhere where things are a lot more difficult, a lot more rough. Um, and um, New York that I see, the New York I see is thriving. I was in Little Italy the other night. They said they've been packed for two months. They said Soho is packed. Midtown is packed. When I mean packed, I mean it's really, really full. But, you know, you can't get around. So I've been taking the train nonstop. And I asked Joni, lovely Joni, could you get me Chief Kemper on at least one last time here on this Thursday? So uh, we had Tom Harris on on Tuesday. He was at the party last night. Fred Cerullo from Grand Central was on. Uh, and he was at the party. So we had a great time. But listen, let's listen to Chief Kemper. Let's bring in Chief Kemper now. And uh, you know, see what he could tell us about staying safe underground. Well, not exactly a Christmas song here, but um, segueing into uh, this mid-segment here. But when we bring on Chief Kemper, you know, he made that one little request that he loves the Beasties and uh, especially this album. So uh, Sam Bellino tries to accommodate. What's up, Chief Kemper? Arthur, good afternoon. Listen, it's a Christmas gift for me. It's a Beastie Boys song. Thank you. All right. All right. Um so I will tell you, Chief, uh, I want to thank you, and I'm saying this with all sincerity. When my office here is on 45th and 5th, you can't even walk, let alone drive. I mean, you have to be out of your mind to drive around here, especially this week, but even for the last three weeks. Since they lit the tree, it's like it's like automatic. It just It's automatic gridlock. And, and uh, credit to the NYPD. I mean, they do have cops on every corner trying to direct traffic, pedestrian traffic and, and automobile traffic, but it's just there's just too many people in too small a space, hence going underground to the subway. So, Chief Kemper, in this holiday season, how are we doing underground on the subway? I know how I feel. That's why I'm thanking you and congratulating you. But give me the real poop. 
So, yeah, I mean, and just hearing that the streets are crowded, that's a good sign. That's a great sign. I mean, just let's go They're back. They're not crowded. They're packed. That's great. I mean, even, listen, packed is better than uh, crowded. I mean, it, how great is that considering where we were just a couple of years ago? It seemed like like the world was ending with this pandemic, you know? But, but look, um, you know, we're winding down. It's hard to believe that Christmas is in uh, just a few days and 2024 is you know, right around the corner and what a year it's been personally for me. Uh, and, you know, I look at it like a year of progress, real progress for us when it comes to subway safety and crime in the subway system. You know, where we are right now off it compared to where we were last year uh, at this very time is quite different. Uh, we're in a better place, a much better place right now in the subway system versus last year. Crime is down year to date with uh, just about 54 less major index crimes this year versus last year. And this includes reductions in murders, rapes, robberies, grand larceny, and shooting incidents. So, uh, look, we're, uh, we're happy with uh, the accomplishments we made. It's been progress, and we're looking to take this momentum uh, into 2024. Okay, and like, and here's, I guess, the, the question I have for you, Chief Kemper. Um, you know, as, my, as the chief here of this little law firm, And when you start the new year, you kind of look at what went down the year before and you try to make things a little better. Like, what can we tweak here and what can we add there? Or what will you take away from there? Or were we spending too much money here or not enough money there? Do you guys go through that kind of process of of evaluation of the year past and see, you know, what you guys could change up to make things better? Absolutely. Often we're we're always evaluating. We're always critiquing. Uh, we're, We're shifting resources sometimes on uh, a daily basis. Look, we could we could shift resources uh, immediately. We're a dynamic police department, and we take great pride in that. We have the ability to shift resources. And listen, if we're going to have success, it's critically important that we know what's going on. You know, literally by the minute, and it's routine for us to shift resources. Uh, in the middle of a tour, depending on what happens, but certainly we'll look at what works, you know, what doesn't work. Obviously, we'll uh, continue with what works. Um, and, and, and again, we leverage uh, everything we have in order to succeed. So, you know, Chief Kemper, looking back at the, the year of the NYPD transit, is there any, uh, you know, I look, I know that there are mentally ill people who do horrible things. And I, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know how you guys control that, but is there mm-hmm. any pattern that you see of whether it's young punks or you know who are just committing robberies or uh, you know committing assaults that you know you could get, we could give the listeners like a heads up, like you know, listen, between the you know most of the crimes occur between hypothetically two a.m. and five a.m. or you know these particular lines seem to be a little bit more. Um, you know, a little bit more hectic than others. Yeah, so just get right to the point. So that's a great question. And, um, you know, 50% of all crime that occurs in the subway system are grand larcenies. And for your listeners, grand larceny is, you know, basically the theft of property without force and without the threat of force. If there was force or the threat of force, that would be a robbery. So a typical example of uh, a grand larceny in the subway system is either a pickpocket or someone sitting on a train uh, falling asleep or not paying attention and someone takes their pocketbook or a, a bag next to them. So listen, recognize that 50% of all crime in the subway system is just that grand larceny is stealing of property. Recommend certainly be aware of your surroundings, secure your property, hold on to your values, uh, valuables. Uh, and, and really, I mean, that's really it. Just again, is there a time? Of, is there a time of day aspect? You know what? When you look at the times of day, that's a, another good question. It's it's really sporadic, um, particularly like pickpockets, like uh, you know, pro- professional pickpocket teams or individuals. They like to work on crowded trains for uh, obvious reasons, right? Um, the trains are certainly more crowded uh, during the daytime, during the AM rush, the PM rush, and then you have uh, opportunists that uh, opportunists that you know prey or, or target our riders overnight when people uh, you know are on the way home after long days work, uh, work and they fall asleep uh, and they take their property. So really, it's it, it's really a mix, uh, if you ask me my, my my opinion, and that's really from the data and, and from the reports that were taken. Another thing we're seeing, Arthur, is recidivist criminals preying on our riders, uh, and that goes to the whole you know, conversation about there needs to be consequences. You know, there needs to be consequences when we make these arrests. Uh, these are very, very difficult arrests to make. 
particularly these pickpockets, uh, we do make them. Uh, and when we make these arrests, there needs to be consequences. I mean, we find ourselves arresting people. They're out uh, within hours, and we're rearresting them uh, literally the next day for the same crimes. I could give, you know, multiple examples of exactly what I'm talking about. But there needs to be consequences uh, in order for uh, us to do even better uh, than we're doing. That's, you know, that's a little scary. I was talking to um, one of the, the DAs um, who's uh, one of the more conservative DAs, and she was saying that, you know, the, the people are getting arrested and telling the cops, you know, I'll be out doing this again, you know, before you wake up to go on your next tour. And uh, uh, we, we, had a, we, we had a guy who uh, uh, we spoke about this on your show. The fact that I'm not sure if I told you what his statements were. He stabbed two people. Crazy guy. Um, you know, and uh, he you know, self-admitted um, that he stabbed them. And he told us, and this is all captured on body cam, that, you know, he'll be out in, uh, he'll be out in a couple of weeks. So this is the mindset of the uh, people that are out there doing these crimes. And the question you got to ask is, how did we get here? Uh, and can we do better? Uh, I know we can do better. I'm sure anyone listening to me knows we can do better. Are we willing? Uh, are we willing to uh, change policies and laws uh, and really protect and really advocate for uh, advocate for our victims? Uh, again, I mean, there are so many victim, uh, you know, advocates out there advocating for the perps and the people doing the crimes. Bad people sometimes, really bad people. You know, recidivists. Who's out there advocating for the good guys, the good gals, our well, victims? I, I believe me. I, I hear you loud and clear as a, as, a, as a New Yorker, as a Brooklynite, as someone who's riding the subway. Uh, oh, I will be riding it tonight. I definitely hear what you're talking about, Chief Kemper. Before I let you go, I run out of time. I do need to give you a hard time because last night at the Idala Batoon and Cammons and uh, the Althor Idala uh, Power Hour holiday party, there was this very handsome uh, man there out of uniform with his beautiful wife. Her name is Stephanie, yeah. and maybe you know that he's yeah. got the chief, uh, what's his name? Ochel, yes. You know, they grace us with their presence, but, you know, I guess Chief Kemper, you know, you're such a big shot, you didn't have time for the little people, huh? No, listen, I know. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it. I, re- I, I did. Right. I really I'm teasing you. Look, I heard your parties were beautiful, and God willing, we'll, we'll be at many events, but I just got to... Look, I'm clearly, clearly better looking than John Shell. I mean, you know that. Well, and, I don't know. I don't know what you look like, because I haven't seen you in a long the- time. Uh, Helen Keller could say I'm better looking. Come on. Uh, okay, but my mom got to meet Shell, and she didn't get to meet you. She's very upset. Your mom met you. Oh, listen, you, now, you, now you're making me feel bad. I'm gonna <laughs> All right, Chief, we're, uh, we're out of time, buddy. I want to wish you uh, enjoy this holiday season and a happy new year. If we don't speak to you, then thank you for all you do, Chief Kemper. All right, Arthur, to you, Joan, Matt. Merry Christmas. Happy, healthy New Year to you and your families. Be well. All right, folks, we're going to come right back, and we're going to hear the rest of the interview with Alan Grubin. Don't go away. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process, helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Hi, it's Arthur Idala here for Bay Ridge Honda, run by my family friends, Rob and Danielle Sabah. This family-owned and operated Honda dealer for over 60 years is just phenomenal. I've gotten cars there. My whole family does. All my friends do. People come from Brooklyn, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens, the Bronx. My parents have bought a car there. My sister and brother-in-law. Everyone I know go to Bay Ridge Honda. You know why? Because Rob Sabah and his team are the best and most trusted in the business. Tis the season to celebrate with happy Honda days going on now at Bay Ridge Honda. No payments until 
March, March of 2024. Lowest prices of the year selling on the MSRP this month. Brand new 2024 Hondas in stock and ready for delivery. Your favorite Honda models, the great Honda Accord, the Honda HRV, the Honda CRV, and more. Be sure to ask the staff at Bay Ridge Honda about the Bay Ridge Plus package that will have your new or used car covered. So visit Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn, New York, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. The Happy Honda Day sale ends January 2nd, 2024. Hi, everybody. I'm Kathy Lee Gifford, and I've been blessed to have a wonderful career for a lot of years. People still come up to me all the time, and they go, How are you, Kathy Lee? How's your va-va-voom? And uh, I laugh with them, and I tell them, Still going strong, still taking my balance of nature every day, and telling all my friends and loved ones to do the same. Because it's balance of nature, changing the world, one life at a time. Celebrate Christmas with us. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com and sign up as a new preferred customer to get 35% off your first order plus a free fiber and spice supplement with free shipping and our money back guarantee. Go to balanceofnature.com or call 1-800-246-8751 and get this exclusive holiday offer by using discount code KLG. Is your husband or wife in a hospital or rehab center? Are people telling you that they are not eligible for Medicaid? The cost of a nursing home is $500 a day, $15,000 a month. Are you frightened about bankruptcy just to pay the medical and facility bills? Don't panic. Just call Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law. These attorneys have been doing this for 40 years. They've helped hundreds of people just like you with the same thing that you could be going through. They'll tell you exactly what you're eligible for, and they'll also help you devise a plan to avoid such dire news as bankruptcy. Call Connors and Sullivan for a free initial consultation with a lawyer. That's 718 718- 238-6500 with offices in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. It's never too late. The time to act is now, so don't wait and call Connors and Sullivan today, 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. And trust me, folks, after you speak with them, you'll be glad that you did. Listen to AM970, The Answer on Alexa. Tune in, iHeart, or odyssey.com. Good evening, everyone. This is Arthur Idala on the Arthur Idala Power Hour. I want to welcome you back, and we are going to play part two of our interview with celebrity music industry lawyer Alan Grubman. So, does someone like Frank Sinatra go into the Rock and no. Roll Hall of Fame? Okay. His his music was the American Songbook. We all know what that is. You know, the music of the you know of the fifties and sixties, whatever. No, he was. He, he's but not, they do have like rap artists in the rock and roll. Rock and roll now is considered from the fifties, which was R and B and Jerry Lee Lewis and Elvis, Elvis Presley, through the sixties, the English Revolution. You know, the Beatles, Mick Jagger, blah blah blah. That's when the American bands came in the seventies, eighties, and now in the, in the two thousands or nineties, you have hip hop. That's absolutely part of rock and roll. You know, you just mentioned Elvis. And I saw Bruce Springsteen's show on Broadway several times. And he gives Elvis basically all the credit for creating rock and roll. What what are your thoughts about Elvis Presley? Elvis Presley was the first bona fide rock star, without a doubt. His roots were from black music, which is R&B, which is the, the basis of rock and roll through all these years. So, yes, uh, Elvis Presley was the beginning of modern rock and roll. There were a couple of rock and roll songs before. Remember um, uh, Rock Around the Clock, right. Bill Haley and the Comets? But, but when Elvis Presley arrived, he took the, 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 the flag right. and put it in the ground. And that, yes. Did you ever meet Elvis Presley? No. No, I did not. Did you ever meet Frank Sinatra? Yes. And what was your encounter with Frank Sinatra like? Um, This is sort of a famous story. Uh, I am representing Princess Stephanie of Monaco. Her mother was Grace Kelly. Grace Kelly was very close to Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra became Stephanie's godfather, in a sense. So in in the middle to late 80s, she had a 
a hit record, a disco record, and I was asked to represent her. And I told her on more than one occasion uh, how much I loved Frank Sinatra. She called me one day and said, Alan, uh, Uncle Frank is performing at Carnegie Hall, and I got your tickets. I said, oh, great, blah, blah, blah. And then she said, and I've spoken to him about you, and he'd love to meet you. Wow, that was big. Went to the concert. After the concert, they took me upstairs. People were milling around his dressing room. They opened the door. I walk inside, and there's Sinatra wearing a bathrobe, towel around his neck, slippers, vintage Sinatra. And we start talking. He says, uh, you know, I hear good things about you from Stephanie. She, you know, she's my goddaughter. And, and, and I, I assume you're taking good care of her. And I'm saying, yes, blah, 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 blah. Going backstage is always uncomfortable because you can't think of things to say other than, oh, your show was great. So after about two, three minutes, I see it's winding down. And I said, can I call you Frank? He said, yeah. I said, you know, in those days, I, I mentioned uh, Madonna, Bruce Springsteen. You know, I, represent, I, I rattled off four superstars. And I looked at him and said, you know something, Frank? I'd give them all up in a minute to represent you. And he looks at me and says, you know something, kid? You're stupid. Wow. <laughs> wow. So he understood the strength of these acts. But, and you know what? I would have. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... Because you know, to this day... You know, we've spoken guy. about this. Seriously, Sinatra, you know. I mean, I just think that Sinatra... I, yeah, I've convinced one of my grandchildren who's 14 to get into Sinatra, and he's starting to enjoy well, it. Oh, good for you. My mother has an adequate job of doing that with my nephew, uh, Nicholas. Of all these acts that you represent, do you listen to any of them? Yes. Okay. You know, I, 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 have, I have some favorites. I love the American Songbook. Everybody knows that my idol is Frank Sinatra. You know, that's pretty well known. But yes, you know, there, I, I represent the greatest rock stars of the 20th and 21st century. Yes, I, I, I go to their concerts when they're in New York, so I'm familiar with their music. Some I like better than others. I'm not going to start telling you. I who. know, I, I would never, but, I would never. But, you know, but yes, I, I, am, I am familiar Let's with talk, them. you said you brought the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So you just get inducted. Tell me a little bit about that. First of all, I know you're a founder, but you obviously had nothing to do with your right. nomination, correct? Correct. Right. <laughs> no, you can't buy it. Right. No. So tell us how that happened. And well, for years, they there was just talent, etc. Then, two three years ago, they started inducting managers like Irving Azoff and John Landau. Who are, who are managers. John Landau manages Bruce. Huge. Irving right. Azoff manages the Eagles. Now he manages Harry Styles, etc. So they obviously got together. There's a committee of seven people, and they got together, and um, they said, you know something, maybe it's time for Alan to be inducted. You know, he's done this, that, and the other thing, and I was told two months before the announcement. And who tells you? How do you find out? I, I found it out by uh, the, the chairman of that committee. and um, They pick up the phone and give you a call? Yeah, gave me a call and said, blah, blah, blah. And, they said, and obviously I was excited. Debbie was ecstatic. Beautiful bride. And, yeah, and, and you know something? And then, you know, I didn't realize the magnitude of it until that evening. It was in L.A. at uh, one of the convention centers, and uh, it was their annual induction ceremony and I was the lawyer which had never happened before and nobody was expecting much and then we it went on and on and finally it got to me and they have this video of these four huge artists who were talking about me some of those clips right know, Bruce Bruce Bono Mariah and Sting um uh, so all of a sudden, you know, I say, wow, this is interesting. Because it's also an audience. It's not just people in the industry. So then after that, John Mellencamp gets up. And he speaks about his dear friend and lawyer. And then he starts bringing up anti-Semitism. And people were, like, 
because he's not the guy you would expect. You'd expect Bono to talk about it, Bruce to talk about it, who, and he starts talking about it. He was saying that that anti-Semitism is is disgusting, and artists have to stand up against anti-Semitism. They have to. Silence isn't enough. They've got to verbalize, talk about how bad it is. And he goes, this brilliant speech. And then afterwards, I get up, and everybody was, you know, everybody who's inducted spends time thanking this one, thanking that's what we're talking about, their accomplishments. So I, I, I started by saying, What am I going to sit here and talk about the legal work I do or the advice I give to people? That's bullshit. Let me tell you an interesting story. And I proceeded to tell them how the Hall of Fame was created. It started in a Chinese restaurant with four of us having Chinese food. And Ahmed Erdogan, who was our leader, was talking about creating the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And that's how the thing started at a restaurant called Pearl's Restaurant. I brought, obviously, my two daughters, my grandchildren, Debbie's children, grandchildren, a brother, blah, blah, blah. Was that the most significant part for you, having those grandkids there? Yes. Yes, because, you know, children and grandchildren very often don't understand who their parents or grandparents are for some reason. So they really... My grandkids got it. You know, I'm standing up there, blah, blah, blah. Everybody, Thousands of people. Yeah, and they, everybody loves rock and roll, including them. Jesus. And that was, the, that was important to me. And then on Saturday, I took them to the, to the museum. And we walked in, and they see this exhibit about their fa- grandfather standing next to Sting and, and Elvis Presley and all the greats, Jerry Lee. And that was a reaffirmation. That Yes, that was very important to me. Is there anyone that you feel comfortable about saying over the years in your interactions in the music business was just a jerk? No. Okay. <laughs> Jan Wenner said, you know, you made no contribution of any kind by any definition to the creative development or the history of rock and roll. That, that tick was, you that off was, a little that bit? That was very disturbing. Um, and um, he got an enormous amount of heat from the Hall of Fame, the foundation and the board uh, because it was like totally unnecessary and he was wrong and uh, I think he sort of acknowledged it but yes, I mean, he said it at the time. It wasn't very nice. It it was upsetting to me but, you know. And it's not true. I mean, okay, depending how you dissect it but what we spoke about earlier, you and I, is if these artists sign the wrong deals, it's fatal. And you know something? There's the music business. There's the music, which is the creation, and the business, which is the business side of the music business. And if if artists are not properly represented on the business side, their music, no matter how good it is, never gets its due. And, and Jan really never understood that. Okay, we have a lot more to do with Alan Grubman. We'll be right back. The holidays are the happiest time of the year. That is, unless you or your loved ones are miserable because of colds, sinus infections, or allergies. This holiday season, give the gift of better breathing with Navage. What makes Navage so effective? Well, unlike cold and allergy drugs that might take a long time to help, if they're effective at all, Navage provides fast relief from sinus congestion in 30 seconds flat. Navage doesn't just relieve symptoms, it attacks the cause by sucking out the germs, allergens, and viruses trapped in your nose that are making you feel miserable. Best of all, Navage does it naturally, without drugs. Wash away your cold and congestion problems this holiday season. Add Navage to your gift list so you can breathe easier, sleep better, and feel healthier all year long. Ask for Navage at Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Target, or find us online at Navage.com. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. The Chosen, the highly acclaimed multi-season series based on the revolutionary life of Jesus of Nazareth, is now available on DVD. 
Quantities are limited, but you can get an exclusive DVD offer at thechosennow.com. The first three seasons of the hit series, The Chosen, are now available on DVD. Quantities are limited, so don't wait. Get yours now at thechosennow.com. That's thechosennow.com. The perfect gift for family and friends. It's the ideal message for the holiday season. Buy The Chosen for yourself and for every person on your list. Don't miss The Chosen. The first three seasons available now on DVD. Supply is limited. Get this exclusive DVD offer for our listeners today. Go to thechosennow.com. Thechosennow.com. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna & Kamins, the preeminent New York litigation law firm. The tires screech, the impact is felt. Boom. You've just been in a car accident. It's a scary situation that none of us want to experience. But if you have been injured in a car accident, then you may be entitled to significant monetary compensation for your injuries. It's important you speak to an attorney right away to make sure your rights are protected. Myself and our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you deserve. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. So if you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call Idala Bertuna and at 212-486-0011. That's 212-486-0011. Or visit us on the web at idalalaw.com. Idalalaw.com. Idala Bertuna and Kamins. Fighting for justice. Fighting for you. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Many students finish college without a clear path towards a career. Do you know a graduate in this position? Well, tell them about Plaza College's accelerated program in court reporting, which allows them to speed their way into the legal field and make great money without going to law school. This is an in-demand, lucrative career with flexibility that more people need to know about. I speak to the district attorney's offices often, and they are in dire need of court reporters. Courts, schools, and television stations are all seeking these professionals to Record and caption everything from depositions, classes, live shows, and sporting events. And the National Court Reporters Association has partnered with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. So sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Welcome back to the Idola Power Hour. Here's more with Alan Gruber. So let's talk about the music business now in the world of streaming. Tell the people listening, how has the world of streaming changed your job as a lawyer representing these artists? Well, because of streaming, it's, you know, full albums are not necessarily the thing. It's the individual tracks and it's marketed completely differently. You know, now you have stream, you can like uh, Taylor Swift. She rela- she releases three tracks at a time, and then eventually, ca- it's no longer the old way. You can now hear anything you want, ever through streaming, whether it's Spotify, who we represent, or it's um, uh, Apple. It's a different business. So um, the live performance business now you could still for certain artists that. Streaming is very important to younger artists. There's still a lot of money to be made. How do they make the money in the stream? Every time there's a stream, an artist and a record company gets a fraction of that because the streams now can run in the hundreds of millions. Okay. So it isn't like, you know, a, a, a big record was five million records. Now you could have stream, but it's streaming of one track. But you put it all together. And now the live business has become extraordinarily lucrative for those acts that have a big audience. And a lot of them are the legacy acts. See, the legacy acts do much 
better. Give me a definition of a legacy act. Uh, all the acts I represent, I just represented those classic acts. Okay. Mick, uh, the Rolling Stones, okay. the, Eagles, the Eagles, right? The Who, the I Who. Right, right. They can still fill stadiums and arenas. They make tons of money. And that's just from the gate. From the, from? Basically from the gate, and then they'll make money from merchandising attached to the gate. You know, merchandising is T-shirts. Has very often they're sold at the at the at the performance, and as well as in retail sports. Merchandising is a lucrative area for artists. And you do those contracts as well. Yes. Okay. So let's just talk a little bit about how you divide your time and you divide your energies. You know, you talk a little bit about you know you represent Spotify. Um, well, before we get there, let's just hear what, uh, what one of your marquee names, uh, female, has to say about you. We're not talking about, like, the cowardly lion here. Like, it's Alan Krugman. So that's Mariah Carey. Uh, what I said before, I am very vocal and very persistent. Yeah. That's the whole ballgame. You ready for a hard question? You're in your office, your beautiful, well-appointed office on 57th Street. Your spectacular assistant, Mary, rings your intercom. She says, Alan, there's three people here to see you. Madonna, Mariah, and J-Lo. Who do you want me to send in first? I can't answer it. It's too difficult. Two of the three I represent and one I used to represent. Don't put me in that position. I don't wow, want to get Wow, you're taking calls. the fifth? Is that you ta- you're taking, taking the fifth? Taking the fifth. Mariah, I've represented since she's 18. So talk, hey, talk about because she's had a, a very up and down run, but she's, she's on the, still she's on the ups. She's still one of the great artists. And does she have a good contract? Yes. She, she's well represented. She's, she will tell you she's a diva. And, and I've represented her since, let's say, 18. And she's now, I think, I'm no longer Yeah, well, I, it's no secret how old she's she older. Is. Right. Madonna, I've represented since 81. So I've had a lifetime, lifelong relationship with these people. Now, artists. since we're both lawyers, you know, a lot of times people come into our office and, like, they're not really looking to hang out with us, some clients. And then there's other clients, they definitely want your attention. So is this part of your instinctive billing process to know this client wants me to hold their hand and be there for them a lot, and this client wants to get in, do the terms, and get out? How do you figure that out? Is that your Brooklyn Street smarts? It depends on how they react. I I know how much they want to know about the details of what we're doing. Some of them, uh, years ago I had a client who's still an important client who used to say to me, Alan, if you tell me that I am being treated properly, that's all I have to know. Then several years later, he calls me up and he says, you know what, Alan? Remember what I told you a few years ago? Forget that. My wife has discovered jewelry. Now I want you to get the last dollar I can get from everybody. There you go. And I laughed my behind off and that's what I, you know, I, I didn't change my M.O., but all of a sudden, from not being that interested in the terms, as long as I told him was fair, now he was aggressively, I want to get the best deal. Blah, so blah, that's blah. a great question. You know, I've been around the media for quite some time, and I can tell you I have noticed the change in people from when they're making five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars $700,000 a year to seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that often in your career? When you start off with people that are making nothing and you've created tremendous wealth, multi generational wealth, have you noticed a little change in their demeanor? The their really smart ones have lifelong careers. And very often the ones that aren't smart, they go from a million to fifteen million and then they start doing stupid things and they burn and crash and burn. What about their actual personalities? Do you oh, see everyone, their egos getting out of control? Everyone, or yeah, the ones I just described, the second half, they get so enthralled with themselves, they start making mistakes, they start pissing off people, they start treating people differently. And what do you attribute that to? DNA? Bad, bad poor role models I, I always them? say dumb is a fatal illness. Dumb. They don't get it. And they're dumb, and what happens is they screw up. So, and the smart ones don't. They survive. There's two more things I want to tackle with you regarding the industry itself. 
number one, these artists, and I know you're involved with, with several of them now, who are selling their entire catalog. Yes. Like Bruce. You did Bruce's deal, correct? Yeah. You did Sting's deal, correct? Right. Anyone else I should know about that was the catalog deal Paul you did? Paul Simon. Paul Simon, right. The estate of okay. Bowie. So, wow. <laughs> so, you, you never stop amazing me there, sir. Like, what's that business plan all about? Selling their that, catalog? That business plan is... The That's fo- a relatively the new thing or no? Yes, relatively new because the prices have gone through the roof. Um, when an artist gets older, they start thinking about estate planning. And when you start thinking about estate planning, is it? E- this was some of their perspective. Is it easier to manage money or easier to manage copyrights after I'm gone? Who's going to manage them? Who's going to be able to manage them properly? Could they possibly, these people that are going to be managing it, could they, they be taken advantage of, etc.? So several of them have chosen... I will sell my asset, which will generate a lot of money, hundreds of millions in in certain instances. I'll pay my taxes, and then I'm going to have a very large sum of money that can be managed by professionals, money management. And and they'll be managed conservatively, et cetera, et cetera. And it's easier to figure out how you can establish trust for the kids. Because once the the money is there, you can decide who's so, going like, to get what. What does that mean now? That means now when Born to Run is played on the radio, Bruce Springsteen doesn't get a nickel anymore. I don't want to mention names. Well, it's but, all but, over the newspaper. Yeah, basically, when you sell, generally you're selling the entire asset. There are some exceptions where some artists keep the writer's royalties, etc. Yeah, someone sold 50% of their catalog. Or some of them sold 50%. Neil Young, I think that was. Yeah, and he held the other 50%. So there's different ways of doing it. But it's the principal reason is to take the speculation out of the value of the copyrights after they're gone, knowing that they're selling them today for prescribed value, and usually the income will generate more money than the income from the copyrights. So, okay, that's a very important point you just made. So I understand from the artist's point of view why they would want to sell it. Now, someone who's buying these these things for $200 million, $300 million, $500 million, Al Grubman, how long is it going to take for these people to get that money back? First of all, it's like buying a great painting. When you buy great art, you know what eventually happens? It's worth more and more and more. Whether it's a painting, whether you hope, pardon me? You, you hope it's speculation. But, it, right? but usually, when you buy great real estate, you know that when you buy world class real estate, it's going to go up. Doesn't it? Might be like this, but at the end of the day, so the bottom line is that these artists, the, the their body of work are like great paintings, and event, they'll always be worth more than I believe than what these companies are paying for them. I believe well, that. it's interesting though because we just had this conversation. Will they be playing, for, you know, Frank Sinatra music and the Beatles music a hundred years from now? Will they be playing Paul Simon music a hundred years from now? Guess what? Right, it's speculative. We're but, speculating. But think of some of that music, "Bridge Over Troubled Waters" from the Graduate. It's, it's highly. Listen, already again, um, the the American Songbook, which was. Uh, Rogers and Hammerstein and all the, they've been a, gone for a hundred years still people listen to that music on a regular basis yeah the shows are and on that's Broadway a, that's a hundred years one more commercial and then we'll be back for our last segment with celebrity lawyer Alan Grubman Gregory Floyd, host of Reaching Out, gets answers to the tough questions from people in the know. With us for the very first time, a very special guest who is a New York City treasure, a legend in the Harlem community, Reverend Robert Royal. You speak of Jimmy Hoffa. We talk about the uh, father. You knew him, didn't you? The old man was quite a figure, particularly when it came to negotiation, contract negotiation. 
he didn't take no prisoners. You either were with him or you were against him. And Jimmy Hoffa was true to a fault. He never once deceived anybody. He told you right up front, I'm doing this for my people. And that's what Jimmy Hoffa was all about. A great man, a great man. And in spirit, he still lives in my mind, and I pray God that he lives in every teamster that walks this earth. It's Reaching Out with Gregory Floyd at a new time, Saturday afternoon at 2.30 and again at 9 p.m. on AM 970, The Answer. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. When you're looking for concrete materials for your next construction project, call on the experts of Diamondback ReadyMix, New York and New Jersey's number one premier family-owned concrete supplier, proudly located on Staten Island, providing concrete services for commercial, municipal, and residential general contractors throughout New York City and New Jersey. The Diamondback ReadyMix Quality is Our Strength service will guide each customer from the initial order through the final pouring, fully insured in New York and New Jersey, and will produce your concrete with the perfect blend of durability, strength, and appearance for your project. Take it from Arthur Idala. Call today and ask for Harry Lynch for personalized service second to none. Call 718-650-5649 for your free estimate. That's 718-650-5649 or go online to Diamondback Ready Mix. That's R-E-D-I-M-I-X dot com. Diamondback Ready Mix is the Defazio Industries company. The Joe Piscopo Show. Mornings 6 to 10 on AM 970. The Answer. Welcome back to the show, folks. Listen up to Alan. You've represented some companies as well, right? Like you mentioned Spotify. Weren't you involved with Live Nation for a while? Yeah, I still do. Live Nation is the company that does all the promotions. All the love. Whenever an artist goes out on tour, there's a high likelihood it's being done by Live Nation. Is there ever a time where there's a conflict between you representing Live Nation and you representing the artist? I never represent both at the same time. And let's say if I'm negotiating Live Nation now with U2... U2 knows that I also do work for Live Nation. They have to agree. And they always do because you get more with honey than you get with a gun. Because of my relationships, they usually do very well because of So that's money. that what you just said is a very important role. When you're negotiating throughout and, and has it evolved through the course of your career? Has that always been your mantra? You catch more bees with honey than oh, vinegar? Yeah. I you know, I've never had a litigator in my office, I think that that's a waste of time. Everything can be resolved. There are rare exceptions, but generally everything can be. This is a business that go that moves very fast. You can't take an artist and tie him up in litigation for three years, because by the time the litigation is over, people have forgotten who he is. They're like boxers. They got a they got a short a short. George shelf Michael life. was an example of that. He Tell me about George. George Michael. Michael got into a huge fight with Sony Records. He was signed to Sony. It took three years, whatever, to resolve. And then by the time it was done, all the heat was over. He, you know, Then he made records, but it wasn't the same because the momentum was gone. So the lesson from Alan Grubman is, obviously when you negotiate and you settle, there's times where you may be leaving money on the table. Everybody walks away happy and everybody walks away a little unhappy, then you know you've hit the right balance. For the young lawyers out there who are listening, and they meet their first potential Bruce Springsteen person, who's got somewhat of a name for themselves, how would you tell a young lawyer to present themselves to lure that client into that office? This is what I used to do. I made it clear that I wasn't a fan, that that I didn't want to hang out at the studio, that I wasn't looking to go to their every concert, that, as I said, this music business, I was there to take care of their business. And I said to them, I can take care of your business much better than anybody else. But if you expect me to come to the studio and hang out with you or whatever, I'm not for you. Okay. Simple as that. So you're, you're not there to be their buddy. You're not there to be their, their, their fan shadow or person. Suck up to their sycophant. I'm there to take care of their business. When a rock star in general wants to go into a fancy apartment building or a co-op, is that a hard thing? Not only hard for them, hard for me. Tell me why. Um, 
Well, it's changed. Now it's condominiums. In the old days when it was co-ops, you had to pass a co-op board. Now a condominium, you don't have to pass a board. Um, but in those days when it was co-ops, um, you, you would go before the co-op board if you wanted to buy them. And I would hear things from people. We don't want uh, people in uh, paparazzi in front of the building. We don't want somebody living in the building that's going to be making parties for rock stars or actors. So they were very reluctant to allow public people. Barbara Streisand could not buy an apartment in New York. Really? That's why she moved to California in those days. Because they thought now she was going to have wild parties, Barbara yeah, Streisand. Which usually is not the case, uh, especially with me. But... Um, so basically, uh, now, condos, there's no condo board. You know, you can go, you know, a lot of my clients live in the most exclusive condos in New York. And that's something your law firm handles for them? No, we don't do anything outside of media. We recommend them to. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm not so interested you're not in like doing a house service? closings. Okay. No, no. Well, I didn't we, know. No. Honestly, no. Alan, there's some clients who... They want a full-service kind of a situation. No, they know that we take care of them. Music. In, 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 no, in their music. Whether it's television, movies, sports, but we don't do house closings. We don't, when they get divorced, we don't do their divorce. We, we don't do their estate planning or anything like I that. I got you. So when people talk about you, Alan, and you're you know, behind your back, what, what do you want them to say about you? That's it. A mensch. Is that, is that the word you think Bono yeah. would use? Yeah, I don't know if he, I think he used it. A guy who tries to do the best he can, tries to not take advantage of people, and at the end of the day, is somebody that people respect and like. That's it. And considering I'm that. I'm still is your, working on that. Considering that is your personality, your temperament, did you ever come across a client that you just. You, you passed on them? Yes. Won't give you who, but there have been a few over the years. I said, life is too short. And you could just tell they're going to be too I much. I said, I'm not for you. This firm is not for you. And is, it, is there problems after that? Any well, yeah. Effects? Sometimes they were upset. What do you mean? What do you mean? But I said, you don't want me to represent you if I don't feel comfortable. That's not in your interest. So they, you know, they accept it. You know. Before I let you go, are there any questions you want to ask me? Yes. Go ahead. How are you building such a brilliant practice at your age? You're reminding me of me. Well, I, uh, you know, you've said that to me a couple of times, and I take that as a tremendous honor. And uh, you are someone who many of us look to because you're a tremendous success story. You did not grow up with a silver spoon in your mouth. Nothing was handed to you. You worked the hard way. And I believe with your mensch mentality, c coupled with instinctive billing, which I <laughs> love that. That's my favorite part of this afternoon. Um, you know, you just... You always try to do the right thing. And I think if you try to do the right thing, and ultimately you do do the right thing... It all works out. It all works out. Well, well thank Rubin, you for thank asking you. me here. I no, really appreciate it. We had I, a good time. I don't know any lawyers in the Hall of Fame, but in any Hall of Fame besides you. So well, congratulations. You it's a great thank honor. You. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Well, that's the end of the interview. It was a, such a delight, such a pleasure, spending so much time with a special man. I hope you enjoyed that show as much as I do. Catch you next time. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored by Idala Bertuna and Cammons, PC.